Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to Life Transformed and our weekly episode of Coffee with Christ. We are super excited this morning. Oh my goodness, you guys, what a great past seven days. And it hasn't been a always a really like happy and joyful seven days, but man, oh man, God has been working big time in our lives and and I'm sure in your lives as well. So we're we're super excited this morning to to uh, to share with you and just let you in on uh, give you a glimpse backstage to what we do every morning. So Thursdays become uh, the mornings we share with with all of you. Okay. <laughs> Morning. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Well, of course I'm Brenda. And I'm just getting my coffee. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who've never tuned in, uh, I'm Bob Bolden and my wife Brenda. And this is really, uh, you know, part of our journey here. We've been married now since October. So what is it now? Almost August. Ten months? Ten months. And then, uh, you know, we met back in December of 2017. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, both from divorce and we've really, I think, no, I know, I shouldn't say think. We have really kind of uh, figured out some, some, some secrets to uh, this whole relationship thing <laughs> and this whole married thing that uh, we both had unfortunate experiences with the first time around. So this, you know, what what the reason we're doing this podcast and all the stuff that we're doing with our company is really just to help other folks, um, you know, share that we want to share the experiences that we've had and the knowledge that we've picked up and the processes that we've used and the routines that we've tried to create in the hopes that it will help other couples out there so that is that is our heart and that's why we do what we do so let's oh and I have to go grab my phone so why don't you uh, talk a little bit while I do that okay alrighty um good morning everyone sorry I uh just was so this is the thing I can't really make a sentence until after I've had my cup of coffee so this morning, that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're a little um, frazzled here yet before um, we get all settled. <laughs> Bob gets up way before me, so he's had a few, he's had at least an hour to warm up before I come down. I'm, I am literally groggy every morning when we come down. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic again about, so I mean, the good news is, right, you don't have to be the same. Matter of fact, that'd be pretty boring. Mm-hmm. We always talk about that. If you were, if we're always the same, that would be pretty boring. So just take heart in the fact that you are so different. And one of the things we always try to do is she'll give me a strange look, I'll give her a strange look, and then we'll start asking questions. Okay, I'm not judging, I just want to understand because that makes no sense to me <laughs> when we see different behaviors. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. Okay. 
All right, so let's get it started. Verse of the day. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. that you bear the name of Christian, yes. So what does that say to you? However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Um, well, just praise God that you are a Christian. That, you know, as, I mean, really praise God that you're a Christian, because if you're, if you're suffering as a Christian, it is not going to be nearly as terrible as if you're suffering as a non-Christian. And I think... That's, I think that's what it's saying. And I think, I mean, that's the thing that, we, that we've come to know, I think, in our, both of our different journeys, is that um, in this world, there will be suffering. There are things in this world we have no control over, and people we have no control over, and situations we have no control over. If we, if we weren't following Jesus, if we weren't Christians, we would essentially be doing that suffering alone. And um, that's just so hard. So in all suffering, just be so thankful that God is with us. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's really interesting. I like that. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. Like, like, yeah, for sure. I think again, and when I really think about that, do not be ashamed. It's like we have, we, I gotta quit saying that. I, have a perception uh, out there and I've talked to others who are the same that feel like oh my goodness if you're a Christian then you shouldn't suffer and if you do you're not you know that's not you're not doing God's you know you're not portraying God the right way yeah. right you know what I mean it's yeah. fighting that and that's the devil there that is that Satan. is the devil there because that's those yeah. kinds of uh, negative thoughts in. Well, and I think I I think what that is a that is definitely a lie, um, a Satan lie that if you are a Christian you will not suffer, and that if you are suffering then it's because you're not. I mean I think that's a true lie. That's a way for him to get people to say, see this God's not real. He's <laughs> allowing this to happen to you, or he's making this happen to you. I mean, yeah. I mean as we know, Satan is literally the father of lies. So. Mm -hmm. um, He's come to steal. And, he, and he's a stinker and he's tricky. I mean, yeah. he's really tricky. And anytime we anytime we have a, a belief that that we are above suffering or that um, something that has happened to us is because of you know God's angry or something like that, that's always, always a lie. But um, as what I'm what I'm coming to realize and Again, as a person who followed Jesus my whole life and spent a lot of time around people of faith, um, I assumed that everybody knew who Jesus was and everybody knew that that... Um, Heck, we're learning stuff now about who Jesus was yeah, that yeah, we didn't know, right? Yeah, so it's a con it's continuous a, you, learning. You don't thing. know what you don't know. Even if you, even if you spend all of your life around people who um, are in the church and um, love Jesus and love God and... Um, you you just you make assumptions, which we should never do. We know, never, but we, we don't do. do that in uh, well, life transformed. Right, but that's our value, right? Growing up, that was sort of a thing. It's like, oh yeah, everybody knows who Jesus is, and everybody knows that he's good, and um, but no, not everybody knows that. And um, so, I'm welcome, encouraged by that. Welcome to <laughs> your world and my world. Yes, 
Bob's world was different than Where I knew nothing. I didn't even, I barely even knew God. I, I mean, all I knew was God. That's it. That's about the extent of it. Yeah. You know, there's God, something up in the sky that people call God. That was it. What a lonely place to be. Well, you don't know what you don't know. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's what we I was fine, but it took a lot of years for me to figure out. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Let's get into our devotional for that today. Forsake false responsibility. Assuming responsibility for the shortcomings, bad judgment, irresponsible actions, and dilemmas of others will keep you financially and emotionally frustrated. I can't begin to tell you how many ladies, young and old, I have met over the decades who are serving time in their own emotional prisons, victims of their self-imposed false responsibility. Sometimes the woman is the church administrator who becomes the go-to person for virtually everything. She is often the loyal company employee who always steps in to take up the slack for those who don't fulfill their roles. She is frequently the oldest or most responsible female in a large family who has succumbed to the expectations of others. She finds herself organizing and maybe even financing all holiday, birthday, and other family celebrations with little support from others. These women wear many hats. However, before we jump in and save the day, we need to realize we need to realize that just because we have the ability to do something doesn't mean that God is calling us to do it. I repeat, ability is not a calling. Saying no or letting go of certain self-imposed obligations can be scary. Don't let the fear of rejection or alienation stop you from shifting responsibility back to others when the burden should be theirs. False responsibility is such a blind spot that it often takes the intervention of others to shine a light on it. So listen to your family and friends when they warn you or express concern for the excess responsibility you have assumed. It can have a huge impact on your work life, your finances, and your health. You may be asking, how do I stop engaging in this kind of behavior? People have become accustomed to me doing what I do. This may create tension in my relationships. You are absolutely right. <laughs> your actions have taught others what to expect from you, and a change in your behavior may not go over very well. Nevertheless, it is time to teach them a different lesson. I like to use the ABC approach to solve such dilemmas. A. Acknowledge the real problem. Call it what it is, false responsibility. Also, admit the subtle satisfaction you get out of being the savior in the situation. B. Believe that God will give you the grace, divine enablement, to do what you must do. And C. Change your actions, starting with baby steps, such as saying no to certain requests and establishing boundaries on your time. You must discern the leading of the Spirit to know when to act and when not to. There are times when you must indeed assume responsibility. Therefore, the serenity prayer will serve you well in such situations. You can change with God's help. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I still love that prayer. <laughs> mm, so, what do you think? Um, well, I, I, this is this uh, is written from a, a woman's perspective, obviously. However, I think this is something that happens to both men and women. And I, and it was interesting how they said in this. The writer said that it was 
typically the oldest woman in the family. I think it's the oldest child in a family has a tendency to take on a parental role. Um, I and uh, how has this played out in your life? Um, because I did all those things. Like I like oh, I was always stepping up, doing you know, trying to take care of. I feel like that was definitely. Um, something that I struggled with then about 10 years ago I realized that it was getting me so tired and you know just so um, I did not have good boundaries at all um, so I had to I had to acknowledge that there was something really wrong and uh, look into what it was and it was that I was not um, having good boundaries and practicing um, practicing good boundaries so I had to change I had to make some behavioral changes and it was not easy and people did get mad and um, but you know what they got over it and how did God give you the grace through that process you know what I I just prayed a lot during that time and even then I can reflect back on it now in a different way and um, and it kind of it marries itself a little bit to what we have been learning um, in the last year or so, if I if I think over what we've learned in this last year about um, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knocking the door will be open for you, that um, verse comes to me a, very, a lot, and I look back over my years, and I think every time I realized what was going on, and I asked God for help, and I and I went and sought wisdom, and then I. Um, stepped out in faith and knocked on doors, my prayers were answered. And I was given relief from whatever situation I was in. So um, yeah. so this is a really interesting topic. I, so it said, change your actions starting with baby steps. Can you remember any baby steps you took to start to change that um, false responsibility? So yeah, I, I started to say no to things um, more often, like just little things, like, like maybe what? like an exercise. Well, um, so I was doing a different ministry at that time and at the church that I was at, and I loved it, but it was very, very time consuming. And um, I was expected to, you know, be at the church so many times a week, and um, I was, had a lot of responsibilities. And so I just said, no, I can't be there once a week. You know, one of the, it was like Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go on Thursdays anymore. I'm only going to go on Tuesdays and Sundays. Just tiny little things. And, um, and also I was saying no to future responsibilities. Like they wanted me to do um, a little bit more in the, the next year. And I said, no, I, I can't do that next year. So how did you know that was the spirit versus you? You know, the thing, how did you know that was something needed to change versus something else? That's a good question. And it was because I felt, I felt calm. Oh. I felt at peace with the decision. I did not have, I didn't have any um, guilt over it. Whereas when I, um, before I had prayed about it, and I just thought about saying, what I thought about just saying is throwing up my hands and saying, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and then I prayed on it. And, I, and when I prayed on it, it was like God was saying, just step back a little. Give yourself something. And so I did. 
and then I felt calm. I felt peaceful. I want to I want to capture that because I I had gone to a spiritual counselor at one point, and um, when you said that. It, it was great because she talked to me about, you know, I had a decision to make and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, and, and she said something that I'll use the rest of my life. She said, well, imagine you making the decision if you make it the one way versus the other way, which one makes you feel closer to God and more peaceful? Mm-hmm. Or more calm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Right? That is such, that's a cool thing. So I love that, Brenda. That is so awesome. So, and you've been able to take that. And, you know, I'm always curious. You know, you started, you said 10 years ago on that process of, you, you kind of realized that you were taking on false responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 years ago. So how has the process gone over time? Because I know as your husband, the, you know what struck me as I was reading this, also admit the subtle satisfaction you get out of being the savior in the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's part, of, that's part of the acknowledging it. And that is true. And, and that was, again, it was a very long process. Another process that I did do in the church that I was in at the time, they had a very good program um, for... What was it? Was it called? It was a codependency program. Is what it was, and I and I took that class and I learned that helper people, or you know, if you want to label them, however you want to label them, but the codependent personality, that person um, typically is a, a helper or a savior because they get something out of it. They feel a sense of control and pride, and it gives them. It kind of fulfills them a little bit. The problem with that is it's And was that you? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I, and I do think, and I, I joke about this all the time, you know, I think I'm going to be in recovery from that my entire life. Because you, it's something that's really kind of, it's your programming. When I was very young. Oh, and guess what? I was an older. What are we doing? What are we doing? About our programming. Being aware of it, trying to change our program. Yes. Yeah. There's a certain amount of it that I, yeah, and I think we can change. And I think we can grow. I do think I'm always going to lean into the, you know, even like your mom says, I mother her. It's just something I do. <laughs> it's like my, it's in my DNA because I've been doing it since literally I was one years old. Well, and that's a good topic because how does this apply in the family with mothering? Is false responsibility, can it, has it shown up like in, in the family, you talked about the church example. Yeah, as well, it showed we up. have the example right there with your mom says that I mother her. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, and I yeah, and I have a tendency oh, to you guys, mother everybody. <laughs> that's a great. It's a great example because I learned and I love my mom. Love my mom. Anybody that knows me knows I love my mom. I cherish her. She is the best. She had this habit of she would say, "Oh, can you take me here?" And I'd be like, "Sure." And three hours later and five different stops, my whole day was discombobulated. I'm frustrated. She's just happy like Mr. Magoo, just walking in. And I'm like, huh. So finally I had to, word you used earlier, set some boundaries and say, okay, mom, mm-hmm. I've got a certain amount of time allocated. You wanted to go here. If there's anything else I need to know about it now and we need to plan it. 
And she was fine with that. She, and then she said something like, oh yeah, I always thought you were so sweet to just, <laughs> I just laughed at myself. Because I'm saying, I allowed that to happen. I allowed that to happen. So then when we, you know, we got married and we're in the same house. And mom, for those of you who don't know, is living down below. I just kind of smiled to myself. I'm like, oh. And one day mom said, you know, I kind of, it's kind of fun being mothered by Brenda once in a while. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. So I would say I am in recovery and probably will be in recovery my whole life. But I do think I'm, I, well, I know I am a hundred times better than I was 10 years ago. I was trying to take care of everybody and um, and feeling a little self-righteous about it, I have to admit. You just mm. be like, yeah, see, look at all I do for everybody else. And they don't do anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a thing. And well, so this is what I love about this podcast, you guys. Totally unscripted. We don't know where it's going to go. But look, you may be out there today living in the world that Brenda used to live in. All right? You could be doing all of those things taking on all that false responsibility and everybody around you is just like she said i'm doing all these things for people and they just like they don't even notice they just go about their way you know this is done that's done and they just assume that that's just the way it is right you may be in that spot and like brenda said and i will say we are not there yet there are still some things that we're learning we're going to continue to learn but if you are at that spot now and you're like, oh my goodness, this is speaking to me, right? This is when you get a hold of us and we'll, we love to chat with people. We love to meet for coffee and talk on Zoom or, or whatever. We can, we love to do that. And it would, it would bless our hearts if we're able to, you know, have a conversation with somebody who's like, you know what? I think I'm trapped in false responsibility right now and, 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 Really, what is so cool is our whole mission is to get people out of isolation in the community. So if you are maybe isolated on your own, dealing with all this stuff, you don't know where to turn because everybody's so busy and you know you just share with other people, then they just they wait for you to finish and they share their crap with you and it's like, oh, this is not doing me any good. We are good listeners on that. Right, babe? Yes. I love this. We could talk on this topic for hours. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Oh, so good. And that's the funny thing, I think, about that. I love that verse. And... Um, it makes me think of my kids again as a as a mother and as a person that tends to overdo um, for my children. I think a lot of years I overdid for them, and I didn't give them an opportunity to do for themselves and have um, uh, pride in in the fact that they are they were able to do for themselves things that I was going ahead and doing for them. Um, so I think that that's a really good, a really good verse. And I think as moms, we, we do it out of love. We really do. We're like, oh, we love our kids. We want them, we want life to be easy for them. But we're actually robbing them with the opportunity to 
do some things for themselves and feel the sense of accomplishment and pride in, in something that they've actually done instead of having pride that, oh, somebody does something for me. <laughs> you know, look at me. I'm a prince or princess. You know, well, my kids are not that bad, but yeah, it happens. And it's, a, it's so interesting because even as you were saying that, one of the things, I'll bring my mom into it again. She's so sweet. And we've talked about this. So, you know, mom, she's very, she's very perceptive. She's a really smart lady and she's done a lot of awesome things. But when, you know, one of her observations was, you know, Brenda says, well, you're a mom's. And she goes, I wasn't like that. I don't feel that way. (laughs) So it's like, I think part of. It's so interesting, you guys, it's your environment. Brenda and I talk about that all the time. You were around a bunch of quote-unquote moms, and I bet you guys could define what moms were. And then you looked all very much the same. (laughs) So again, I assume that all moms look like me, which is not a good assumption. Again, it goes to the fact that one of the things, again, that we've learned over this last couple of years is we just can't assume we're all the same. We do tend to um, kind of pack ourselves with people that that do and say the same things that we do, but we, we then assume that everybody thinks the same as we do. And that has been a really great learning for me with my relationship with you is that the way you grew up in no way resembles the way I grew up <laughs> right. and the way my children grew up. And part of it, I think, is to do with the fact that you lived in a big city. Yeah. And, oh, you sure. know, there just, there wasn't a lot of suburbia stuff going on. Zero. There was just, it just was, a, it's just a different thing. And so everybody... Everybody's raised differently, and it's and it's okay. Sure. But we we have to be aware. I have to be aware that I can't assume that you know your mom thinks the way that I do about mothering. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either one is right or wrong. I just think no, they're different. It's different. Yeah. And that's the fascination of this whole life, right? When you, I'm, so that's why I'm I'm like so happy that you're my wife is. Brenda has a great way of when she gets new awareness, she embraces it and she doesn't fight it. She just says, oh, I never thought of it that way. And then she embraces it. My goodness. You guys have been there with people that just, they get a new awareness and they're like, nope. They fold their hands and they're like, nope, this is the way it is. And I'm not, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to see that new awareness. That I don't want to be like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, you guys, just such a great lesson there is, um, look, and Brenda is so right, a lot of what we do, what we believe, are just programs that were put into us, most of them between the ages of birth and seven years old. It is scary, I know. That's what operates 95% of what we do, but it isn't who we are. It isn't who God created, right? So that is the beauty, is if you can tap into that, if you can have a relationship and take your relationship, what I feel like is in a good place with Brenda and I, yeah, we disagree, we get frustrated with each other. Oh, a new learning about getting frustrated. You wanna share that one, the new learning that I got this week? I actually don't know what it is. Oh, you don't? So if you're frustrated with somebody, so a pastor friend of mine who I'm coaching with, he said, because I was frustrated with a work situation, and I, for the, you know, and I don't let things, you know, resonate, whatever it is. I don't let things 
bother me for long periods of time. I get over them pretty quick. But even if it was like a minute that I was frustrated with this person, I know that that's like poison in me. So what I was talking to him about is I don't, I know that's not healthy for me in any way. How, you know, so that was my obstacle. How do I not even allow a little bit of frustration with somebody else to get, get in me? And he said, oh, it wasn't this simple. It was through several questions and everything. But he said, pray for that person. Because you can't pray and be frustrated at the same time. Whoa, it works. It's so true. And he said, don't pray that they come to your way or don't pray. <laughs> no, you don't pray anything about that. You just pray for their general goodwill and pray for their general peace and pray for their general joy and, and all those things. So that was a great tidbit that we've shared now with several people. Yeah. I do <laughs> Isn't it a good one though? It is a good one. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be using it a lot. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's really good. So what did you, and you, I don't think you've had a chance to write down. So what, what was your takeaway from this? Oh, I did write down my takeaway. Oh, what was it? Oh, I got to go back and find it. <laughs> Mine was, um, can't do for others. And if you don't, it'll help them find God in their lives. Right. And I said, let everyone do for themselves so they can have confidence, not pride. Wonderful. Okay, you guys. So um, that was what I was cool. I love where this went this morning. So hopefully all of you got uh, something out of this. And, you know, that's that's our intent. That's our heart is that maybe you take one nugget away from this podcast. You're like, wow, you know, I can share that and I can apply that in my life today. And if you want to learn more about what we do at Life Transformed, again, our mission, get people out of isolation into community because that's where it happens. Satan cannot penetrate people in community two or more people thinking together. He can't do anything with that. He can only deal and, and infiltrate our minds through isolation. And that includes just isolated in your own mind. So until next time, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, getting people out of isolation in the community. Have a great rest of your week. See ya. <laughs>